It's time for Real Estate Roundup. This is the time every single week we get together with noted real estate agent Terry Story. Terry is a 31-year veteran with Keller Williams located in Boca Raton, Florida. Welcome back to the show, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve. Um, let's have some fun here and let's talk about uh, acronyms. Yay, my favorite acronyms, <laughs> acronyms. home buying acronyms. Okay, so um, obviously um, we don't have a feature for people to call in with their answers, <laughs> but um, let's see how, how many of you at home know these. So we'll give a little bit of, a, of space. All right, who knows what APR stands for? Should we give the definition? Uh, go ahead. Annual cost of borrowing money based on the loan amount, interest rate, and certain other fees. The APR stands for annual percentage rate. Yay! The APR. What is the APR? Well, it's the annual cost of borrowing money based on the loan amount, interest rate, and certain fees. But let's let's actually talk about that because, sure. like, when you go and you buy um, car. A, a, a car, yeah, and it says, you know, the, the rate is is X, let's say it's three and a half, but the APR is three and three quarters, that's taking into account not only the interest rate, but other fees. Correct. So that's your total cost because the fees are going to make the yield higher because there's some That's right. So when you're shopping a mortgage, you you can uh, ask to find out what the APR Always. is. So you, can, so you can calculate one lender versus another. That's right. So Good. to know the real amount. So that creates standardization and no fooling around. That's right. APR. All right. What is the FRM? I did not know this. Mm. FRM. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's my brother's initials. Oh. I'm not kidding. How, wow. How unexciting can that be? Interesting. <laughs> that's my brother Frank. Interest rate that does not change during the entire term of your loan. Oh, of course, it's yeah, a fixed, fixed rate, rate mortgage. mortgage. Okay, Yay. fine. So what about a VRM? It's mm, not on here. It's got to be a variable. <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right. What is um, DTI? You know this because you're... You, I'm you always are. wanting to know the DTI. So that is a definition percentage of your monthly income that goes towards your monthly debt payments percentage of your income. It's a percentage. So, so it's a ratio. It's a ratio. So it's debt to income right. ratio, DTI. Right. So, so for you guys example, actually say that? Yeah. Okay. So for example, if you're buying a home, the lenders don't really like to lend more than, well, the standard answer is 36%. Okay. So they, they take into consideration which debt you have, your car payments, credit card debt, et cetera, and determine this DTI. So it's not the principal balance of the debt. It's the payment. The payment of the debt. Relative to your, to your income. Correct. Your, your monthly yeah. income. Right. So they don't want you to pay more than 36% of your net income. Right. It's actually, it's higher. They can stretch it, but it, there's yeah. so many variables as to why and when. Because and that squeezes you it. in other areas. Right. And truly you, as a consumer buying a home, you really don't want to spend more than 36% of yeah. your income that yeah. lives you poor. the House poor, House exactly. Poor. And when the market was bad, yeah. you know, the debt to income ratios that people were over 50%. Yeah. So now I'm a baby boomer. Mm -hmm. So when I was coming up in the 80s and so on, everybody was buying houses that were way too big yeah. for their income. And the idea was that they were going to grow into it, right? And some of them did, I suppose. But 
a lot of them ended up being house poor, which means they had these big houses, these, I guess, mansions. Eating ramen noodles. And eating ramen noodles. And they couldn't go to on a vacation and all of this. And right. they had very little furniture. I know. Yeah. Terrible. I mean, we saw that. We terrible saw a way lot to of live. That. Terrible yeah. way to live. All right. PMI. Okay. Yes. Principal and interest are the portions of your monthly mortgage payment that go towards paying off the money you borrowed to buy that house. That's not something that women go through on a monthly basis. <laughs> is it the PMI? No. Okay. Sometimes when you get that payment, it could be. <laughs> so it's private mortgage insurance. When do you right. need private mortgage insurance? So basically, if you put less than 20% down as a rule of thumb, that's when the PMI kicks in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, and so if you Pay down. And, and that's, that's the insurance that I'm referring to. That's right, right. The lender wants to know that there's enough money there to cover them, to insure the Right, the so loan. you're paying for insurance right. to make sure that- Now, once you've paid down enough where your loan to asset ratio is Below better that than 20%. that, then can you stop paying it? You sure can, but you can't make that decision on your own. You have to bring it to the attention of the lender. They'll most likely send an appraiser out to determine that the value is there. It may be calculated in a different way, depending on, on your lender. It may be, they may be able to trigger through their own resources that you're at that 20%. But yeah, you, you but as the, the key, consumer, I don't true. think they're going to come to you yeah, that often and tell not. you, oh, by the way, you're at that 20%. You need to be proactive. So if you think you're near that number, contact a realtor, have them give you an opinion first. Well, it's like buying car insurance. Geico is not going to call you and say, you know, Liberty Mutual has a better deal, right. okay? You've got to actually call Liberty Mutual, Allstate, and all these others, and then renegotiate, reconsider. Or your car is worthless, and to carry collision insurance, yeah, that's you're right. carrying insurance on something that has no value makes no sense. Right, right. Same thing with the PMI. If, you, if you've been paying for a long time, hey, take a look at this. Look. You may be able to save a couple hundred dollars a month. Absolutely. So that's it's a lot very, of money. Very cool. That's very good. All right, so... We've done our work on acronyms. Let's talk about three signs for the average person to tell whether the housing market is rebounding or not. The rebound. Okay. So basically what we're looking at, the first number you look at is existing home sales. These are the closed sales. Are the number of closed sales month over month going up or are they going down? You can Google this. And you can. And you look for trends. So it's, it's not, okay, this month it did this. I would say it's three months here. It says two consecutive months of growth. Of growth, yeah, but three is better. Three is better. Yeah. So if you see existing home sales, those that have been closed and homes that have been existing, going up, the number of closings going up two or three consecutive months, then you're showing some good signs of growth. That's right. All right. What about next one? So the next item is pending home sales. These are contracts signed. These are Contracts signed, they pending. haven't closed yet. They're, They're pending. pending. Yeah. So are they up for each of the four major regions of the country? Okay. So you, you can, that, again, you can Google that to find that information out. And the idea is, so that's an indication of future, future closed sales. Correct. Future okay. closed sales. If they're up, then if they're up, they something, should, they something's should be going closing. on. You're seeing a trend. Right. What is the third one? And then buyer traffic. That's the number of people shopping for a home is compared to the same time last year and for the first time in 13 months. So if the traffic is up, that's also an indication that we're in a rebound. Unlike dating rebounds. Yeah, it's, that's completely different. Yeah, because then you have to wait two years before right. it should you, be a two-year wait. Before you sign a, right. a marriage contract or something. <laughs> All 
All right. I think we get the idea. So these are things that you can do by yourself. You want to look at closed sales, you want to look at pending sales, and you want to look at buyer traffic. And I guess you can Google all of these things. You can become your own little economist. That's right. For your own little self, right? Okay. <laughs> My guest, as always, is Terry Story, a 31-year veteran with Keller Williams located in Boca Raton, and she can be found at terrystory.com. Thanks, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve.